Hello, and welcome to another edition of Thoughts from Player One, the podcast where we take an in-depth look at one sort of story or narrative-focused game and then give our thoughts about it. As always, I'm Alex. I'm Duncan. And this week, we took a look at Pyre. Pyre is the new game by Supergiant Games that we are um, pretty super excited to to dive into, um, as far as I know, because I've been, I've been looking forward to this game for a little while. Me too. Me too. I love Supergiant. Supergiant, uh, the creators of Bastion and Transistor were their previous two games, kind of breakout mm-hmm. hits, real fucking good. Uh, this game mm-hmm. came out recently and it cost an amount, and I forgot to look all of that up. Nineteen ninety nine. <laughs> They're about twenty. <laughs> Released good on to go. July twenty fifth, twenty seventeen, for the uh, Xbox One. Maybe I know the PS four and the PC. Yeah, fucking yeah. coming in with the slick save, Duncan. Nice job. Wow. That was uh, supposed to be slick, like you know, like drifting that did not sound like drifting but i like it and nonetheless very slick good drifting noises so um as as astute listeners may have noticed we kind of posted a lot of sonic recently and maybe not as much other stuff um that's inside because was the last time you heard us in, yeah that, no we posted a sonic one after inside well, I mean, yeah, oh, I mean, our yeah. Re- no, we're episode. the same people, but it's different people. I gotcha. No, I gotcha. <laughs> we're different personas. Yeah, of course. Because you're so different when you're drunk, Alex. <laughs> I'm not drunk in any of those episodes, Duncan. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, we went on vacations pretty much like back to back, right? Yeah, that sounds about back right. To back to back, yeah. So, yeah, back to back to back because I left and then got back and then Duncan left and then got back and then I had people here for a while. So, mm-hmm. weren't really able to do a whole lot of recording. Uh, Duncan, nope. did, you, did you do anything fun? Did you eat anything fun? Did you have a good time on your vacation? I had a decent, I had a pretty good time on vac- vacation. I wanted to keep it brief, you know, for the listeners. Hey, mm-hmm. what, did, what was your favorite food on your vacation? I'll start with mine. Yeah, I got to try lobster for the first time because I am a seafood wimp. Nice. Don't like it. So, uh, wasn't a huge fan of it, <laughs> but it was pretty good. It was all right. I could I could see the appeal. I My liked scallops favorite better. Food was this food that I wasn't a huge <laughs> fan of. It well, it was bad the, for the rest of the vacation. It was the best because because I had never had it before. You know, it was yeah. it was a it was a sense of adventure. It. But uh, I went to a really good breakfast place, and I had um, peach raspberry pancakes. That was my real favorite. Nice. I uh, Tell me I, yours. I also went to the coast and partook in exactly zero seafood because I just don't actually like seafood. Um, mm. But I had had lobster before, and lobster's pretty all right. Um, my favorite was probably – it's probably a Thai. I had some Korean fried chicken, which mm. is just a special way of preparing fried chicken, and it was very, very good. Um, and then I also had the best donuts I've ever had in my life, Whoa. hands down. Whoa. Can can we get into this donut thing now or later? We can do it now. We can do it now. We can go into What's it. What's the place called? Know? So the place is called, uh, I think this one was called PVD Donuts because it was in Providence. But okay. so All we right. got. It's got a 4.6. It's really It good. is closed now. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's. <laughs> six o'clock at night um so actually it's eight o'clock there so the to give you an idea of how good these donuts are we showed up 25 minutes 30 minutes after it opened one day and there was a 20 minute wait out the door for these donuts whoa yeah it was fucking amazing i had uh i had a dunkaroo donut which is fucking awesome. Tasted like Dunkaroos. It was great. Uh, I had 
I don't even remember what the other one was. It was a chocolate chip cookie dough donut, um, and Ooh. that was fucking awesome. Oh they God. had like some vegan donuts. They had like hmm. they had so many donuts, and they were all so fucking good. And also, one donut was enough to fill me up for the next like four and a half hours. Alex, so. we should have done like a quick like um, <clears throat> um, what is it called when you do like a sensory thing with audio? Um, Ooh, shit! No, I know what you're talking about. No, ASMR? Yeah, we should have done uh, you should have done an ASMR but of you with those donuts. Oh, that sounds I watched. awful. <laughs> Fuck, that sounds so bad and so uncomfortable. Oh god, that's the worst. Why would you suggest that? <laughs> I would watch it. Why would you watch that? I don't know. I want to see I want to see delicious donuts being eaten. I just actually just want to see the donuts. I don't really care about them being eaten. Let's, yeah. let's stretch subjects. Maybe maybe we uh maybe we jump from the donuts and the delicious foods we had on vacation to letting you guys know that hey, we're going to we're you know, we're back. We're at it. We're going to hit it hard. Um and we're going to start <laughs> with the, the best running. episode we've ever done bar none hands down called shot right here. So wow. Wow, that's fucking... a big claim. Let's do it. Yeah, I um, mean, I hope we can live up to it. Cause let's let's take a hard turn. Well, we've already <laughs> lost it, Duncan. We've already <laughs> lost my called shot. Nice job, you've ruined. How are you going to transition from donuts to this story? Uh, I could have found a transition. Yeah, I got it right here. I had some yeah. of those donuts there in Providence, and they were good, and they were hearty, and they really filled me much the way that this story filled me with emotion Boo. and love as I went through it and was Boo. hearty enough to tide me over <laughs> until the next great story pops. Uh, nah. I, I think you could have gone better with talking about donut holes and how this this story had no holes in it. That's, that's worse, I think. I'm confident, <laughs> probably, actually, yes. You're probably right. Anyway. You could have said this is the best best visual novel. Like, those are the best donuts. Nope. You know, I've cut this, had cut significantly the more donuts than visual novels. I don't think that's fair. <laughs> um, yeah, let's, let's, fuck it. let's, just, let's get into it, because we've burned like six minutes, and we haven't talked yeah. about the game at all, except for when I forgot the information about the game. So, yeah. We're going to hit you first off with uh, just sort of general story, give you the kind of overarching thing. But the important thing to note about this game is it's very, very, very character focused. So we're going to hit you with a relatively short story summary. And then we're going to spend a while talking about the characters, explaining who they are, which ones we liked, what we liked about them and didn't like about them, things like that. And then later on the road, we'll get into more um, more general questions and, and things like that, like we normally do. But um, in the meantime, let's uh, let's go. Let's hit it. Let's start it off. You are a reader, exiled from the glorious commonwealth due to your literacy. As the game begins, you awaken in the downside, surrounded by the Nightwings, Jodariel, Hedwin, and Ruki. They take you in on the advice of their unseen benefactor, and you become their reader, an important role in any triumvirate. As the reader, you help direct them to hidden locations by deciphering a mysterious book and following the stars. Once your triumvirate arrives, you help command the Nightwings against another triumvirate in a three-on-three contest called the rights. During the rights, each team starts on opposing sides of a stadium with a blazing pyre behind them. An astral orb falls from the sky, marking the start of the rights. In each match, the opposing teams try to grab the orb and plunge into the flames of the enemy's pyre, damaging it a little each time. The defenders, at the same time, will try to use their auras, a circle of energy surrounding each individual, to banish the enemies, either by throwing it or ramming it into them. The match concludes when one of the pyres is completely snuffed out, 
The Book of the Rites informs you that if you are successful enough, then you and the rest of the Nightwings will rise above the downside back to the Commonwealth, earning your freedom. The Nightwings then set out, following the stars and facing off against each of the other Triumvirates. Over time, the Nightwings grow in numbers, and eventually, we meet Wolfred Sandalwood, your benefactor. He has a plan to use Nightwings, freed from the Liberation Rites, to start a revolution, overthrowing the Commonwealth and abolishing unjust laws and exiles. Wolfred later informs you that, despite your previous understanding, a reader cannot actually be free during the Rites as he does not take part in it. With Wolfred in tow, the Nightwings travel the land and eventually arrive to perform their grand liberation rite, but are horrified to find that only one candidate from the winning team may ascend in freedom back to the Commonwealth, and you, as the reader, must choose who. After the first exile is sent back, the Nightwings realize that they must continue to perform the rites and one by one ascend to freedom. However, the stars quickly begin to dim and you understand that there are not enough rites remaining to free everyone. You spend time with your companions and slowly choose who goes free and who stays with you in the downside forever. With only a few rights left, you're confronted by Orelek, a demon who is a member of the true Nightwings, Wolfred's original group. Orelek was supposed to go free before he was betrayed by another member of his group, and as such, he blames Wolfred for abandoning him. At this point, the cycle of the rights is coming to a close, and the success of Wolfred's plan depends on who you are able to free. Orelek and the true Nightwings challenge you in the final liberation rite. Once it's over, the Shimmer Pool, normally a silver path to freedom, turns a deep red and we're told that the winner may choose any exile to enter this pool. At this point, you may choose Orelek, yourself, or the Nightwing you originally picked to be free. After the last exile is freed, the result of Wolfred's plan is told to us. If it fully succeeds, the plan is carried out, no blood is shed, and a new government has begun in the Commonwealth due to the revolution, one with no riots or exiles. After that, we're given a motif of every character and are presented with a where are they now scene depending on whether they were freed, when it happened, and how they were treated. Pyre concludes with a ballad to the Nightwings, customized to the results of if they remain in exile or a part of the revolution. So that gives you an idea of the general story we're looking at, but now we're going to take a deep dive into the Nightwings here. Um, so the first we'll start with is Hedwin. Hedwin's a kind soul with a strong heart. He's also the only human member of the Nightwings. Uh, he saved you from death without even knowing your true value, the fact that you're a reader. Uh, he makes a pact that himself, Ruki, Jodariel, and you will become free. This promise means a lot to him. He was banished for leaving his post to search for a harp that he had fallen for. So that's uh you know definitely the first character we saw. He's a he's a pretty just the most uh, kind of just neutral human good dude. You he's know, a good dude. Those were gonna be my exact words. Headwind's just he's like a, a good dude. You know, he's got like he's just got a look about him like, hey, I'm genuine. You know, and I yeah. appreciated that. It's it, like it, a fucking rock solid jaw too. <laughs> he's attractive you can say it no it's fair i mean he's a he's a all these characters except for one of them are, are good looking they're nice <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> all right we'll get back to that one um, yeah no i mean uh, there were points when i learned about his his kind of yeah how he fell in love for this harp i got the small tingling sense that if i sent him up 
he would run like run straight to her and be like you're my love and like they'd run off together and they wouldn't seek out the plan and you know yeah i i definitely felt like he was gonna be loyal no matter what but i you know i would i'd have been fine if he took a month you know just go meet took up a with month that, meet up with that that harpy that he had fallen for yeah um it, just... i do like his uh, he's kind of uncomfortable no he's not, not uncomfortable but he's very out of his element in this world but he makes the best out of it you know what i mean yeah he seems like he's a good he's a good character to have in there because he's the person that the the player can immediately relate to right like you're seeing everything through the reader's eyes but hedwin's just like he's accepting he's happy he's he's open and also he's a human so he feels like an easier connection to make just because it's like mm-hmm. oh that's like that's what i would want to be if i went to the downside just a guy getting through it i like you hedwin um yeah that's how he's I also a about good it. cook he's a solid cook which is kind of where i stopped mm-hmm. being able to relate to him but <laughs> <laughs> overall uh hedwin's a good character i i like him he, he didn't strike me you know early on but i think he's got like one of the better reasons for being exiled you know just like one of the reasons out of everyone that makes the most sense, like, because he did desert his post, but he deserted it to go look for this, you know, harpy that mm-hmm. he had fallen in love with briefly. And that makes for, like, a good tragic story that, you know, then he couldn't find her and was banished. And, you know, that, mm-hmm. that's all right. That's legit. Did you um did you free him uh, after Rookie and Joe Dario? Uh, I freed him after Rookie before Joe Dario. Okay. Because for me, when I freed him, he was like, I... Basically, I'm happy that I got to keep my promise, except for you, which makes me sad. But, like, he's like, I know you'll get out pretty much. So. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, moving like on, him. just so we can, we can yeah. talk about people more. Um, we'll talk about Hedwin more when we talk about the next couple of characters. Yeah. So the next one that we, we ran into was Jodario, who was an imposing woman with large curly horns, kind of like a demon-type figure. Um, she is stoic, but has a sense for watching over the others. She held great ranks in the military and watched over orphans. However, when she was asked to execute a group of harpies, she decided to free them instead, then becoming an exile. Uh, mm. Jodariel, I think you have some stronger feelings mm. than I do. <laughs> Alex, yeah. I, I saw this character mm-hmm. and I went, that's it. There she is. <laughs> <laughs> She's wonderful. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I... I I've been. I wish I had it prepared, but I believe I like texted Alex. Uh, like I'm like, oh my god, like this is my favorite. She's she's great. I think. What did I say? I, anyways, I but you. Did, anyways, it was good. She's yeah. She's my thing. She's, uh, I believe. I believe the kids call it the waifu. <laughs> she's waifu material. I fucking hate you so much. Just so much. <laughs> okay, Christ. talking outside of that though. Um, what, what what did you think of her? I liked her. Uh, she's a little um, intentionally hard around the edges when you first meet her. She's very protective, so she's very distrusting at first. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that you know that works for her, and it's it's cool that she's like this massive, imposing figure that mm-hmm. you know you initially are a little bit maybe hesitant of and a little bit like nervous around, but then come to like at least for me, came to be more comfortable around because she was this massive figure who is so loyal. So you felt like she would just fucking beat the ever-loving shit out of anything that came near you. If, oh, yeah, if it super protective. You. Yeah, mm-hmm. so she was Also, good. just that braid. So cool. 
Just her her whole character design is really great too. Yeah, I mean, she does I like her personality. Character. I like the little for all the characters. There are these little like Sims as voice clips of them just saying some garble, but mm-hmm. you know you can still hear their voice. And hers was really cool. Yeah, she's a she's a good character. I think the entire yeah. first three that you meet are pretty good. Yeah, I I, I genuinely really do enjoy them, and also like. Uh, I think knowing her hair history, I would have, I would not have expected, um, you know, her, I expected some kind of military thing, but you know, the whole like orphans and stuff like that. And that, that kind of took me for a little bit of a spin. Like I did get the protective vibe, especially with Hedwin and her, but you know. Yeah. Also, I did find the text that you sent me and it was not, you know, oh, she's the one time stop. It was, I love Joe Dariel. She's a total babe. Just so <laughs> you know. <laughs> so i think maybe right. you're you're giving yourself a little more credit in your memory than what you actually came up with <laughs> well it was more romanticized that's never how it works it's <laughs> never how it works you don't see someone you don't think that you know you think what i said first yeah you don't think oh my god time stop you think damn she's pretty good looking and then she's fine you know, in your you know, when you're reading your fucking wedding vows, you're like, "When I first saw you," uh, and then you <laughs> <I> lie. <laughs> oh, fucking one. beautiful! All right, let's um, let's move on so to the next character. Rookie, Rookie Greentail, is a cur. They're a uh, dog-like race that exists in the Commonwealth. He's got a twirly mustache and a golden fang. He's a loudmouth with a make make you a deal kind of personality. He boasts his wealth, but has a couple debts to pay, even in the downside. Rookie was exiled for smuggling goods um, for his mother. So, so, hold up. Everybody bear with me, because Mm -hmm. this is the moment I've been waiting for for very, very long. (laughs) Rookie is undoubtedly the best character. No, there's no argument there. Uh, Early on into the game, he takes you aside for one of the biggest, like, choices in the game and kind of what feels like to me the first real choice moment where he says, you know, give it to me straight, pal. Do you like my mustache? Should I keep it? Some people says it makes them uncomfortable. And you could tell him whether or not to shave off his mustache. Duncan. Bear with me. One second, okay. sir. I want to clarify. He asks if it makes him look, like, skeevy. Like, if it makes him look like he's going to commit Duncan. a crime. I don't like that you're clarifying right now. <laughs> I just want to clarify so that okay. the listener knows what the true context of the question was. Okay. Alex, Again? what is your what was your response? I told him to keep his glorious mustache because that's who he is and I would never want to change that perfect perfect dog man. I think otherwise. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> Listen, What's asked, wrong with you? He asked for the truth, and I gave him the truth. You it makes him look no, like he's you, a super villain, like a villain, you, like a 50s mm, villain. Mm, he's trying to make mm. himself better for mama. You, you motherfucker. Okay. I can't fucking believe you right now, Duncan. <laughs> okay. Hear me out. Hear me out here. He wants to be a better person. Yeah. Are you saying that whether or not he has a mustache makes him a better or worse person? He already has a golden tooth. He's a stereotype. He's a living, walking stereotype. You're a fucking living, walking dick telling people to cut off their mustaches. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. He was more than all right with it. 
in fact, in fact, I think I think he made a comment that he thinks it may. Uh, that, no, another character saw him and complimented him, like that it looked good. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. having his mustache shaved off. So you know, you don't know what kind of things I did for him in the Commonwealth. I bet your after after story thing was like, you know, Rookie tried to make it in the business, but then you know he. Uh, he got bogged down and and you know he started being homeless and stuff like that because no one would give him a good job and now he's sad and depressed and you know i don't think that was quite what what happened i think so (laughs) um so yeah we should probably talk about more of him character than just his mustache yeah uh so yeah i i think the make you a deal kind of personality is, is a pretty good way to describe it. He's he's a businessman. He kind of feels like he's running a con, but also is like super friendly and mm-hmm. he's just he's just the best. He's pretty great. All 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 mustaches aside. He he's yeah. definitely like a big draw into the game of um characters that I I liked and um you know, the the quirkness uh, helped yeah. a lot for that. Um I do really like his ending. Um uh, that he pretty much imports goods from the downside and then sells them to other people as like all these weird little trinkets and stuff like that. <laughs> I like that. Rookie's he's just great from beginning to end. Yeah, um, he's really cool. Big question. Hey, so you know, now that we're, we have all that, that Rookie love, <clears throat> did you know uh, that a future, there's another Kerr uh, in the, um, uh, the, the enemy, uh, um, triumvirates triumvirates i got to, it i have to see the word to read it um <laughs> uh, his name is barker ashpaw we'll get him to him later uh, but he has a a debt to pay to barker did you know that if you keep him around and you fight barker uh rookie says that he, if he wins the rights he is fully paid off but if barker wins it's doubled i oh, really? got him to pay the debt off before he left Oh wow! So maybe I love him a little bit more than you do. <laughs> no, I just got him away from that dangerous lifestyle. Um, <laughs> Rookie, Rookie was the first person that I sent up. Mm-hmm. Um, like first one I won. I was like, okay, who? Which one of these people is too good for this world? Uh, and it was Rookie. So I sent Rookie up so that he could have himself a good life. The game definitely wanted you to do it because if you kept him for one longer than you did. He confronts you and he's like, "Listen, I don't belong down here. Like, this is this is not me. Like, I'm really uncomfortable down here. Can you please do me a solid? I gotta go up to mama." Fuck yeah, yeah. I mean, that's fair. He just asked for it. It's legit. Yeah. Moving like- on mm-hmm. before we spend too long on any one character. Yep. Um, next we have the moon touched girl. Uh, is just the easiest way to say it. Um. So the Nightwings find the Moon Touch Girl as a stowaway on their wagon uh, and eventually accept her into the Nightwings. Um, she, she sort of hears the will of the scribes is, is a way to describe it. And she has like, she's very weird. She's got a lot of weird quirks and, and she's, she's really interesting. Um, one of the things she can't do is remember her name. So you get to name her, basically. Um, she knows that it ends in like A-E. Uh, and then you get to kind of choose what it is. You so I know personally, consonant. yeah. Uh, so I called her Shay, called like S H A E. And there's also like a lot of other options. There were like 15 or 20 options, yeah, which is impressive because like, uh, the voice will say her name. Damn. Yeah. You didn't nice. notice that? No. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe I did, and I didn't think about it. Yeah. Because I never, I forgot that she wasn't called Shay because that was the best name. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, she was exiled for for that reason, for being too outlandish and too different. 
Yep. So how did you feel about how do you feel about Shafei? The moon touch. God, I don't have a lot because she was the first one I sent away. Um, just because I didn't want to send Ruki away because I wanted more content from him, pretty much. That was kind of the like gameplay, not real morality decision to make. (laughs) Um, she, but from what I got from her, I actually did quite like her. I like that she was the like, you know, positive, quirky one, and I just like her character design. I like that in the in her picture, she's pretty much just always holding up this like star made of sticks, and it (laughs) just one picture gives me a lot of personality details that can't be explained through text you know what i mean yeah that, that, yeah um, yeah so i liked her i um i would have liked to keep her around and if i play this game again which i definitely will i'm gonna keep her around for a lot longer so i can figure out more about her totally she's really interesting she also might technically be a human um i'm pretty sure she is but she's like yeah she's got red about eyes is different Okay, maybe she's not. I don't know. We weren't wrong. Don't don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, we should mention that again. When we say she's really quirky, it's things like, "Oh, I can hear what's basically the gods of this world talking to me," or "Oh, <laughs> like I, you know, we should go this way. Like, let's follow my intuition." Not like Zoe Deschanel type of quirky. Like it's, it's very different. Yeah, but she also is a little bit of that too, though, right? You know, a little bit, yeah. but she's much more the like yeah. sort of unhinged type of quirky. But she's very like um, she's not like a like the gods deem my go no, this way. No, she's no. like I think this is the right way. You know, it's she's very, very happy go lucky. Yeah, exactly. It. That's the better term for it. Mm-hmm. She was cool, but yeah, I mean, she was the second one I sent up, so I also did not get much more context with her than mm-hmm. you did. Sad. So that uh, uh, our next character, Tizo. Tizo mm-hmm. is an imp that is recruited to help drive the wagon, who also proves himself in the rights. He's got a pudgy, furry orange body and wings and horns. And he's just the cutest thing. He's absolutely <laughs> the cutest thing. Uh, he's lived in the downside for his entire life, so um, he has a lot of wisdom of his environment. It's true. I think they even refer to him as Tizo the Wise. Yes. Um, yes, which... they do. Tizo's fucking great oh it's also important to note that he he talks through little like sc- screeches and like breeze and shit like that so scream uh, <laughs> like stuff like that and then it's you just great. get to like mouse over whatever the that is and then you get to see you know what's what he's actually saying um and yeah, look, it seems i was just gonna say that's probably a good point to mention that like you know the visual novel style of this game where you just get static pictures and then text oh, shit. does something really interesting uh, <laughs> that i didn't actually I've never seen in other games, which is they highlight words that are important that you might not know, and you can mouse over them, and it will give you a short description of, like, the other, you know, clan that you're facing, or the leader of it, or Mm -hmm. one of the people who's in your group, or, you know, talking about the different, basically, gods in the world, or anything like that. I want to talk about that more in depth when we're outside of the characters, too. Yeah, so that's just, it's important, it's important to mention. because yeah, yeah, Tizo speaks in like like we said, scree and shit like that, and you mouse over and it said, oh, Tizo expresses great enjoyment about this or that. Yeah, and, and you awesome. you're the only I think you Volfred and the um uh one of the other characters are like the only people who can really understand him. I don't think the other characters really yeah know what he's or like definitely can, but we don't run into him yet. Yeah. Um, uh, he also has like a sweet bandage across one of his horns, and it's oh fucking God. cool. Yeah, he's just—he's he's fierce. Oh yeah, he's a cool dude. I, I like Tizo. I like him a lot. I do. There's not much to say about him because he's—he's he's just kind of like the 
the dog of the group in the sense that it's like he's the companion and he's awesome and he's cute, but you know, his character depth is low but still there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if you haven't seen him in the word imp, I'm just now realizing probably you would think more like That's why wings I... <laughs> and gargoyle esque. Yeah. Definitely picture more of a parrot than like something gross. That's why I was like, saying he's, very he's got that furry, pudgy yeah. orange body. It's just this pudgy yeah. ball of fur with, with horns and a little tiny wings. Yeah, yeah he's great. I love him. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on, we have Sir Gilman. Sir Gilman is a worm knight, which is kind of like sort of what you would expect. Like tiny. Not, not dragon worms, but like worms that you would see in the ground. Um, who's a member of the Pyre Hearts, one of the rival triumvirates that you face. Uh, he joins you after he gets into an argument with his superior, who's a bit of a coward, and helps uh, then helps the party across the sea and progress the story and everything like that. Uh, he's obsessed with knighthood and honor, and he was exiled because of the cowardice of their leader. Mm-hmm. Um, Sir Gilman is also fucking great. Yeah, him. <laughs> he, he's he's really he's he's the total like trope, but I can't. It's it's a trope done right. You know what I mean? They lean into it so hard that it's great. Like if they if he was just kind of a trope, it would be shitty. But they're just like, nah, fuck it. This is who he is. He's and obsessed they go for it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he also, whenever he talks, like he'll frequently say, you know, he'll frequently exclaim things as opposed to just saying them, and it's mm-hmm. usually accompanied by like a really cool yellow flourish, mm-hmm. and like his eyes get all bright, and he's like, he's a super anime ass character, and it's oh awesome. yeah, yeah, and and he has like the like oh uh, there's one fear is heights oh you know <laughs> it's he's great, and also I like that his his end of his body, which is you know, I guess you could call it tail, is basically a blade. Is that what it seems like? Yeah, it's. It's fucking cool. just great design. He's got like a tiny helmet, like that's gonna fucking mm-hmm. do anything. It's it's I love it. And it's cool that he's you uh, talking about that like night. Del- it's it's almost kind of a delusion too, mm-hmm. in a way where he's not he's a knight, but I don't know he's not like an anointed knight in in that way. So it's it's interesting because he's a he's totally like a foot soldier that seemed like in this war. So yeah, he definitely seems more like just a like a peasant than a knight, mm-hmm. but it's. Nonetheless, you know, they're the Worm Knights. They're great. He earns it. That's for sure. All right. Moving on. I don't know. We can just skip this one. Oh, you <laughs> bitch. So the next character is uh, Pamitha Thane. Uh, she's a blue-haired harp who joins your party only to figure out only to figure out a way to speak with her sister again. Um, she's truly the wild card of the group, but grows loyal to Volfred's cause. Um, her wings were clipped, and she was sent to exile for standing up for the same sister during her trial. So, so we gotta hammer out right now before we take one more step. If we're calling them harps or harpies, because we've been switching back and forth, uh, they're I'm harpies. fairly certain it's harpy. Okay, cool. Sure. Um, so <laughs> yeah, she's um, she's there. Anyway, so the next character that we. <laughs> No, Pamatha. So Pamatha would be a good character in a different video game, but yeah. in this game that has so many standout characters, she's just sort of boring. <sighs> but why though? You know what I mean? Like I agree with you, but I don't really know why. Do you? Why? Which part of why, that? why she's, she's boring? boring? Yeah. It's it's just sort of generic. 
Like it, it doesn't feel like it fits, right? It's very generic, like sibling rivalry, Shakespeare esque sort but of tragedy I don't th- shit, and I it's don't, just not like I don't know. I, I think the her determination to see her sister in any way possible, and you know, make up for that that loss might you know, because she was basically blamed for the you know for her sister's exile as well. Mm. I it, don't know. Is she? I don't know. She she feels like a trope done wrong. I guess is the way to say it, right? But I guess you're right. Yeah. It's again. She's not. Nece- she's not a bad character. It wasn't like she got on the screen and I like, groaned. It's just <laughs> yeah. that every other character was so much more interesting and different and like unique. And she felt like she could have been swapped between one of twelve different games. And yeah. I wouldn't have cared. Do do yourself a favor. Google images her. The hat is so stupid. I hate her hat. <laughs> <laughs> Do you hate that? Really getting into it. It wasn't great, but whatever. Like, it didn't bother me. <laughs> I didn't like it. <laughs> oh shit! Let's move on. <laughs> uh, let's move on. Uh, Pamela is fine. She can fly. That's okay. She's yeah, helpful. You know what? We didn't talk about really. Are there like in-game like if how they work? Her in-game. Yeah. Okay. Let's, uh, really let's cool. run through it real quick. Headwind is kind of a good all-around dude. Joe Dariel fucking throws huge-ass auras and knocks motherfuckers out. Rookie's really fast. Sir Gilman's really fast. Chizo can basically explode. The Moon Touch Girl is just bad. Headwind uh, and Pamitha can fly. <laughs> bad Headwind? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so the next character that we make uh, is Wolfred Sandalwood. So Wolfred is a sap, which is kind of like a tree folk. He's the the mastermind behind the plan to overthrow the Commonwealth. So he's a true force of good and wants a better world for everyone. Uh, he also was a reader during his initial um, like time with the Nightwings when he was initially exiled. Uh, and he has a lot of history with the former Nightwings, including Tizo. Uh, he was exiled for opening a printing press because, remember, literacy is banned in the Commonwealth. Mm-hmm. Wolfred. Great. Pretty fucking cool. Dude, Great I, name too, Wolfred Sandalwood. That's oh a God. good name. Dude. It is a good name. We run into a couple great names in this, but that's probably yeah. one of my favorites. Um, yeah. When we first run into him, I totally felt they 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 captured this feeling of someone else stepping on your toes perfectly. Mm-hmm. I love oh, that because yeah. he he comes I mean, in for for some clarification. He comes in and he's pretty much I'm the reader. Like that's enough. Like you can go home now. And you pretty yeah. much stand up for yourself and say no. Well, you can and say no. That's you know that's me now. And he goes, eh, you can do it, but you're not going to be free, you know. And uh, and it kind of yeah. progresses from there. And he learns to respect you. <laughs> it's true. He, I mean, he legit straight up is like, we don't need you anymore. But go, you're good. You've done <laughs> your part. Uh, so yeah, he he was the dude that like was initially getting the Nightwings together, and like you, nobody had met him really except for the lone minstrel character. Um, until you run into him later on down the like down the path of the first half of the game but like every you would get notes from him telling you what to do next and they would say oh you know our benefactor tells us to do this and that was Wolfred and he really does just he's a very good mastermind character like mm-hmm. always feels like he knows what's up but also feels like he understands that not like his plan has to be somewhat malleable and has to just roll with the punches uh, and I also really like the look of the saps in this game. I think oh, yeah. they do a really good job with tree people. Um, tree, so, folk. Wolford, tree folk. Tree <laughs> folk. I don't know. If they're saps. What do you want from me? Uh, saps just make them sound stupid. A couple of saps. That's true. 
Uh, in terms of his usefulness in the game, he's a very defensive character. He makes small plans and stands in places. Uh, so he was good too. He also teleports. Look, it's hard to Dude, talk I about love, what's I do good love in the his game. Blink, though. It's pretty great. It, yeah, it is pretty good. Um, our next character uh, is Big Bertrude. Uh, Bertrude is a bog crone, a Medusa-like race of creatures known for their alchemy. She uses her greatest incantations and enchantments to keep her foes at bay. Um, she, while irritable, her motives are truly good. Um, she was exiled for creating a fireproof ink for Volfert's literature. Big Bertrude just is a fucking dope theme song. <laughs> oh my god. You guys just heard it. Maybe you're still Hopefully. here again. I don't know how this Hopefully. is going to work. <laughs> yeah, we'll edit some shit in later, but it's good. It's so um, good. I, I Big Bertrude is cool. I like she her. Is, she is really cool. I do. She was... I love how they tease her a little bit where um, you can ask her to join you like earlier in the game, and she's like, no, I have to stay here and do my shit. Volfred can mm-hmm. come and ask me himself if he needs me. And then you come yeah. back, and then you get her, and I was so excited because like, yeah. she's definitely... I love like alchemist, warlocky, like bog dwelling characters. So that was like, she's kind of my shit. Um, I also love that she's in love with Wolfred. Like totally. Oh yeah, and it's and Wolfred's just not feeling it. <laughs> He's not feeling it, and it's kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> it it is, but also it's great that it's there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there, it's. It's interesting to see relationships between characters that aren't humans. Sometimes it kind mm. of throws me throws me off a little bit in a good way. Yeah, and they do a good job of it. And when Volfred basically is like, look, we're great friends, but you know this can't be. We've talked about this. I do wonder if he's like, hey, I don't feel this. Or if he's like, hey, like biologically... <laughs> This there's no way this won't work. I listen, don't know if you understand. <laughs> listen, I am made of tree and you are made of snakes. <laughs> if anything, we should be enemies. I don't this is not how this goes. Yeah. I mean, is she also like in enchants or rebuilds your wagon to cross the sea and sky? Which is yeah. pretty awesome. So um Fucking good. I just love how irritable she is and she has this uh, sound clip of her just going, <laughs> that describes almost everything she says. <laughs> yeah. She was definitely the one I took the longest to warm up to, but That's... I really liked that they committed to that. And I was like, I don't know. She seems like kind of a dick, but I do have a around. favorite scene with her. Is um, it was the the three the two least likely characters to be talking was Hedwin and Big Bertrude. I don't know if you remember this. No. So basically, so. um. Uh, she's she's sleeping and you and Hedwin like walk up to her and you're like is is she dead and then she wakes up and she's like really upset about you approaching her and then uh, you kind of have a discussion about crone like bog crones in general and then uh, Hedwin feels like really uncomfortable he feels like he insulted her and like gives her like a really general compliment and Big Bertrude is pretty much like, Oh no, I don't take flirtation. Like you you can't don't <laughs> flirt with me. And Heaven's like, I-, I wasn't flirting with you, trust me. <laughs> so it was this really good back and forth between those two. Um That's really good. Yeah. And then finally, last member of the 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 Night Wings, I guess we should mention briefly, is is you technically. Yeah. You're, the reader. You know, they take you in. Uh, you basically you do get to choose basically everything about yourself, your background, why you're there, what you want, you know, whether or not you stay in the downside. You also, I do think it's cool they let you choose 
your pronouns mm-hmm. um, at the beginning of the game. So you can go by like he, him, she, her, or they, them. And I think it was really cool that they added all those options. Yeah. And we're just like, yeah, it's fine. Like, that's legit. And it's I just that was really cool then to do. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm, I was happy with that. And um, yeah. talking about you and the reader in general is uh, this, this kind of go, might go a little bit longer, but I think there's a great point of this that you have the most in common with the reader than you could ever have with any video game character ever. Here's why is your superpower is that you can read (laughs) the basis that you can read is already (laughs) grabbed because you're playing a visual novel game. So you clearly already like reading and you know, this is like a thing that's about reading being your thing. And everyone looks up to you in this amazing way that it's a total um it's a powerful feeling being a leader of all to all these people while feeling relatable to the main character so you both feel powerful and related to the main character that's actually a really good point i think that's that's really clever the way they did that i you know the only time when you don't feel that is like you know when you're reading the stars to figure out where you need to go next, but that's just look for the brightest star. Like I can do that. No problem. Um, <laughs> I can do that. No. But al- <laughs> and also to kind of follow up and like accentuate on that. The other thing you do as the reader, you don't participate in the rights, but you kind of act as like the person, mm-hmm. the way the game phrases it, it makes it seem like you are more or less telling everyone what to do mm-hmm. uh, when the rights are going on, which is totally what you're doing in the game. So it definitely yeah. creates more of that connection between you and the, the reader character you are you are fantastically connected with the main character like it definitely feels like you um yeah which is awesome it's been they Uh, enhanced that with you know the whole like picking your pronouns and and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. yeah did really well uh so we should probably keep moving on because that section was slightly longer than i intended yeah Um, yeah that's true uh so we're just going to keep going uh we'll talk briefly about some of the neutral npcs in the game every character in this game was fucking good guys well it's this game is characters it's you heard the story that's it (laughs) you know what i mean the rest is just you interacting with everybody and um how much time you get to spend with those people uh so do you want to you want to fly through these the neutrals do we want to do we want to go through the yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so the neutrals uh we just kind of picked or at least you know what seemed like four of the most important ones to to know by name um so the probably the most important of these four i would say is Tariq, i believe is how mm-hmm. you would probably pronounce it who's yeah. the lone minstrel um who just kind of serves as like the an advisor to the night wings he travels with them he's traveled with them for what seems like a long time and then it seems his role is kind of not easily played out or not easily like explained to you but he definitely plays a big role in yeah. understanding and conducting the rights um, yeah. specifically the liberation right at the end um and also he plays some fucking dope songs over the prime, sky. the stars all hide away from the chill until the evening rise which are real good. They're just very good. Yeah. Uh, and he's got like a really kind of cool, again, sort of anime-esque, like tot- like everything he wears is white. His face is pretty white. He's got like a huge white hat. Did you think uh, he was going to get colored eventually? Like he would like find his thing and he would become like this colorful man? 
No. No, you just thought you'd always be Did Toastman. You? A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that totally happening in like, you know, a scenario if you would, you know, if if there were a scenario where everyone were to be let for free, mm-hmm. I feel like he would lose that like ghostly apparition from him. I I kind of liked that he had that like very stark white appearance that kind of contrasted the fact that like Celeste who wasn't traveling around yeah. had colors mixed into her palette. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, Celeste being the second character hey. uh, in the neutral NPC. Yeah, she just stands <laughs> at the uh, at the liberation gate pretty much, and one of her roles is to, for some reason, I'm not specifically sure why, ask uh, anyone who passes why they want their freedom. Is it, is it to deem them like worthy or not? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think she's judging though, like. I don't know. Some of those didn't seem great, and she was just yeah. like, "Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's fine." It, it totally seems like a, um, like just a rule that you have to do that you just follow to follow. But you know, it oh yeah, pretty much bypasses all everything. But she's um, her and him and Tarek have some kind of relationship. Maybe I it, don't. Yeah, it definitely seems like they were in love at one point, and. You know, it seemed it feels sort of implied at the end of the game that they were able to run away together when the rights ended. Yeah, and I finally think so. be together. Yeah, uh, they. I, I liked their relationship. I liked one of my favorite parts about the liberation rights was getting to see how they would interact that time and how that changed. Yeah, that too. And I also liked seeing them because in the liberation rights, they always played the same song that has lyrics that is sung by, you know, presumably Tarek and uh, Sandra, and um, they both. They both Tariq and sing. Celeste, 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 Sandra. Yes. Whoops, <laughs> Tarek and Celeste, <laughs> Sandra, <laughs> and um, uh, they sing that, and I kind of like that they're that they're both required to be there to sing this ballad while the the game goes. Uh, Sandra is the next NPC we wanted to talk about. Uh, she is in the Beyonder Crystal, which is an item you get about halfway through the game. Basically, she was like an ancient assassin trained from birth to do nothing but kill. Uh, and then went to assassinate, like, this gets some lore-heavy shit. She went to assassinate, like, one of the first emperors before the Eight Scribes, uh, and I think she failed and then was, like, trapped in the crystal forever and ever and ever. With her, uh, with her partners, it seems like. Yeah, with her partners, so she has, like, she has a triumvirate of her own, and she serves, you know, a number of purposes in terms of teaching, like, offering you practices and, you know, giving you special trials for one person on your team that lets you then, you know, like, get a special item for them. Uh, but she's also, like, an, you can talk to her and you kind of form a relationship with her the more you talk. And yeah. it gets kind of confusing a little bit in terms of, like, what exactly she wants because she'll, like, stop talking to you for a while and tell you that she doesn't want you to talk to her and then be, like, really buddy-buddy with you again and thank you for talking to her. And mm-hmm. then, you know, towards the end of the game, she gives you the option to... Um, like steal her crystal so that she can stay with you or leave it alone forever um, and just it'll flow to whoever picks it up next i guess which might be nobody because you know yeah. it seems like exiles are no more uh but i definitely took her with me oh 100 i felt really bad when i like felt like i bothered her too much but i'm like i have to keep trying to talk to her she was definitely my favorite person to keep coming back to and like chatting with it felt yeah. like a, I was having, like, this private moment with a character that no one else was really having. Like, no one else really regarded Sandra as a person, so it definitely felt mm-hmm. like something private that I liked. Yeah, it was really cool. Also, she was just cool. kind of, like, a maniac, which is great. And she bit. always did this, like, really cocky laugh. <laughs> Can you do an impression of it? 
I don't think I can <laughs> very well, honestly. I'm not good at imperson- impersonating laughs. Mm, yeah. Just got like a... <laughs> <laughs> no. Like, you know... Yeah, sort it's, of. It's very, yeah. like, French something. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways... <laughs> it's good. It's very good. It's, it's uh, and then last oh but not God. least... Falcon Ron. Falcon mm-hmm. Ron. Oh, my God. He's got one of the best songs in the game. But anyways, he uh, he's the... <laughs> He's the traitor. He goes around the downside. He finds value in things that are what I would think is trash, but he wants to pay big, big money for that. Um, yep. And he basically deals you artifacts. Um, <clears throat> he always knows where you are, and it's it's a little unnerving at times in in game of being like, how how did you get past like this holy uh sanctuary like you know ritual place to just sell me artifacts you know what i mean like he has to have some kind of special pass it's also noted that he looks he's like this little green goblin thing and on his uh, how he like goes around as he has a dad that is a giant slug man (laughs) fucking great it's just so good uh i mean i i think that that sort of speaks to the level of characterization in this game that like the roaming shopkeep was also a character that I liked enough that I wanted to make sure we mentioned in like this section. Like, yeah, it's fucking really good. Yeah. He also, he does this thing where he'll hum along with his song. He'll go, mm-hmm. and you can click him to make him stop. And if you <laughs> click him, he goes, Oh, <laughs> yep. it's just great. He always, he always comments on whatever person you last like last head leave like oh where's this guy i love the way that he was or like oh, oh what yeah. happened to the crazy girl and always doing this she was really nice mm-hmm. and it always makes me feel sad every single time i know he made you feel real guilty about it i he also did. didn't like not buying something from him because he's like well i guess i can't eat tonight <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> he never said that directly but it was always like oh well coming back next time i guess no sales today dad the fact that he <laughs> yep. it, it was a son father shop made me feel real bad yeah that's all the characters thank god (laughs) well that's that's all the characters (laughs) oh that's not all the that's not all the enemy triumvirates all right Um, let's let's breeze through these yeah real quick just to give you a a reminder so you can say what this was the conversation if you didn't play the game or you know if you're having trouble following along headwin was the human nightwing first one you meet it's a good guy jodariel's big demon lady who duncan has a crush on rookie green tails <laughs> the dog guy who's a traitor <laughs> Sorry. uh shay fey fey the moon touch girl um was kind of the really flighty girl who can more or less hear the scribes tizo was the cool imp that flies around sir gilman mm-hmm. was the like over the top knight who's a worm pamitha thane was the harpy wolfred sandalwood was like the mastermind behind everything who's a tree person and big bertrude was uh the alchemist snake lady who r- rolls with you guys and it's kind of mean so there we go we got through all that let's take a break get... let's take, let's a, take break a break from from let's talking about characters let's do this let's do this tell me your top top three favorite night wings Top three favorite Nightwings. Easy. Mm-hmm. Number one, Rookie Greentail. Mm-hmm. All day. I already expanded on that for a lot. Yes. Um, yes. Number two. Ah, uh, this guy was a lot harder now that I actually had to look at the list. <laughs> um, number two is probably Volfred. Okay. Solid. I don't like, he's just really cool. Mm-hmm. Number three is real close between probably, and you're not going to like that it's not Joe Dario. 
but it's That's close fun. between probably Tizo and Sir Gilman because they're both just so much fun. I yeah. think Sir Gilman takes it, but it's close. Uh, my I, I respect that third pick and second pick. <laughs> you know, Fuck. Ruki did not make it to my <laughs> list, which can make, can let the you know listeners know that you will probably like a diverse amount of characters in this game and connect with them. Uh, Jodariel, definitely my number one favorite. Uh, for explained mm-hmm. reasons, uh, <laughs> Big Bertrude, second favorite all time. I love. It was really hard for me to pick between Big Bertrude and Jodariel. They're both my favorites. Um, okay. Third, I'd either have to pick Volfrid or Sir Gilman. Um, okay. Same reasons as you, but yeah, that's great. But I love all the characters. You know what I mean? They're really good. Now hey, let's mm-hmm. let's talk about this real quick because I don't think we did. Um, which which characters did you end up not freeing? Ah, good, good. Uh, I did not free Big Bertrude, Volfred, and Tizo. So I'll tell my story of why. So those were my three last ones. And Tizo was the one before I knew that I would be offered to free myself, I picked. Because I thought that if I tried hard enough, I could ship Big Bertrude and Volfred. I, if Jesus I stuck Christ. them in the downside together, <laughs> they would learn to love each other. Okay, Alex? I knew they could learn to love each other because I love their, their idea of their relationship. So, oh, I th- and good. I thought Tizo wouldn't appreciate all of his hard work being in the Commonwealth and living a different life. I think, I don't know, there was something about that that I liked the idea of. Um, and I feel like Big Bertrude and Volfred, Big Bertrude's already comfortable down there. She's said it multiple times that like, her practices are illegal in the Commonwealth, so uh, she just prefers to be down here anyways. Well, um, they wouldn't be when we fixed it. That's true. That's true. But she seemed to have, like, very destructive uh, tendencies well, for other things. So, I mean, you know, who knows? Things happen. But, that's but you know, it's, it's, a, it's a comfortable environment. She lives in the bog. <laughs> Swamp. And I also picked Wolfrey to be down there because I think... He, while being the this you know the leader of this plan, I think he would be the most okay, and he's the least um like, I don't know. He's just such a truly good force that I think he'd be okay with being down there, and you know he would be happy just to see his his plans come to course, and um you know. Yeah, that's uh, the, the other so this is something. Some motives. This this is something I was going to talk about later on in the game or yeah. later on in the podcast in the question section. Uh, but it, it fits in so nicely here. Did you did you find leaving Volfred specifically? Mm-hmm. Did that feel like real tragic to you? That felt yes. real tragic to me. That's like this guy spent so long after like not being able to win his freedom back because his you know triumvirate fell apart, crafting this plan to fix the world as we know it, uh, and then like was one of the only people that didn't get to live and shape that new world up there. Yeah. And like that, I mean, I also left him down there, but it <laughs> hurt when I was like, do I send Volford up? He earned it. He deserves it more than anyone else. But I also left him down there because <laughs> I figured, you know, like he gave me the impression that he would be the type of person that would say like, he, he would be willing to. He's self-sacrificial. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, he definitely wants the world to be better, and his own, you know, his his himself does not matter. You know what I mean? It doesn't fit as. It's not that he, yeah. you know, he doesn't care about himself, but you know. Yeah, and yeah. I wanted Tizo to have a friend, so I was like, well, Wolfred's still there. So yeah. who who is your who's your cast? So left in the the downside was 
Pamitha because I figured she might still want to be with her sister. Um, Wolfred for reasons explained above. Mm-hmm. Uh, shit, who's the other people I left down there? Tizo. Um, Tizo just because Tizo has never known a life not there. So yeah. why not leave him? And then I, as the reader, also stayed down there because when given the choice, I elected to give freedom to Orlek because I felt that he earned it and was robbed of it. So oh, it only seemed fair. And also it's like, well, you know, what is, well, like, I got friends down here now. This is my life. I helped craft this. I had already given, like, I had already accepted the fact that I was not going to be one of the people that went up there. I should give it to somebody who maybe deserved it a little more, you know, or somebody who had been going through this journey with that goal in mind, you know. I I like to think that. I like to think of the moment where the, the shimmer light stops and the stars go dim and then you and Tizo and Wolfred look at each other and you're all like, well, what do we do now? <laughs> yep. Uh, it so, was good. I, I, my bad. I thought about like leaving Big Bertrude because I was like, well, she's going to want to be whatever Wolfred is. That's the only thing she's going to want. But also like, she seemed really like she could do a lot for the plan. Yeah. That's so true. I sent her up. And she even says that when you send her up. She's like, well, it's one of two reasons. Either you hate me or you think I'm really good for this plan. And I'm going to believe it's the second one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's. Yeah. We've got all these triumvirates to go through, Duncan. All and right. I just. We should burn through these real quick. All right. The accusers. Uh, they're a vindictive uh, triumvirate that con- conducted many liberation rights in the past, but suddenly prevailed. They're a couple of losers. They're led by a nomad <laughs> named Lendl the Liar. He's a cold mandered head of the accusers and bears an old grudge against the Nightwings. Lendl's a little yeah. bitch. Move on. Lendl is a little bitch. So <laughs> I, we should. We're basically just reading these like word for word for the description the game gives us. So yes. you know that. Yeah. Uh, next, we have the Chastity, which is the triumvirate bent on exploring the rights to gain status in the Commonwealth, led by the sap H. Manly Tinderstoff. Good He's a sycophant, sycophant that seems certain he will land a position of high standing once he is free. He also has maybe my favorite song, one of my favorites. I love that song. It's great. It's so, oh, God. All these characters. Keep going. Keep moving. We got it. <laughs> no, 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 no. I do want to say something. It's great. Okay. He, he, um... And his ending, uh, <clears throat> you were told basically that he got all of the money from his family to try and find a different way to release him from the downside. And they try all these quirky mechanisms of like just putting a giant pulley down because it's, a giant, I guess, a giant hole pretty much. And they couldn't. They tried to send him a flying machine and his family went bankrupt trying to get him out of the downside. <laughs> Fucking great he's, ending if you hate him. He's so fucking good i love everything <laughs> he's so like proper but like seems like he's crazy but just barely keeping it together under proper he's one of my favorite characters in yeah. the, the other triumvirates you face yep yes next we have the dissidents a triumvirate of uh <laughs> anarchists <laughs> a triumvirate of anarchists who conduct <laughs> who conduct the rights for sheer thrill they're led by the cur barker ashpaw he's a troublemaking cur thrills in the defeat of the triumvirates that stand against him he's just there to have fun basically he doesn't give a fuck i love that he was like he got exiled because he was like just fucking shit up all the time and didn't give a shit he pissed on a statue that was what got him exiled he pissed (laughs) on a statue because he's a fucking dog and they're like nope you're out of (laughs) here yeah they, they basically could find anything they could uh it's also super hype because there's all this kind of as you'll hear throughout 
you know, us playing it, all this very themed music. And his song is just a guitar. It's just a yeah. fucking rocking guitar song. And um, it also, he also crashes the the song of the rights with his, like, it's playing their, <laughs> their holy song. And in the background, it's, bam, 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 down, 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 down. it's great. It's, it's fucking super awesome. Good. We're going to, yeah, if we'll definitely play some of that here, even if we don't for the rest of them. Yes. Um, next, we have The Essence, which is the triumvirate of winged harpies harboring a deep hatred for the Commonwealth, led by the harp Tamitha Thane. She's a vengeful tactician of the high wing remnants who plot the Commonwealth's ruin. Who cares? Tamitha <laughs> is Tamitha's sister, and that's basically all it is. Like, harpies are just fucking, they seem like dicks, but. Maybe they have good... Look, I'm not getting they into that. They don't go enough into harpies, really. They really... They could do more, but I also avoided them a lot, so who knows? Yeah. Uh, the Fate, an honorable triumvirate determined to uphold the tradition of the rites, led by the Kurd Dalbert Oldheart, another great, great name, name. With, <laughs> with the help of his adopted son, the savage Elmer the Helpless. Elmer the Helpless. He is an honorable old Kurd bent on upholding the sacred traditions of the rites with his son. Fucking saddest triumvirate. <laughs> Oh my god, I loved them so much. Every time I fought him, I was like, if I lose, it's okay. That's okay. great. <laughs> yeah. Also, I do want to, like, it's his son, but is it his adopted son? It's his adopted son. Yeah, okay. they go into like, it that basically um, they both got exiled separately, and Dalbert's like, I'm like, I'm, I will take upon you, you know? Or maybe mm-hmm. it was in the Commonwealth. I don't remember. But it's definitely yeah. not his biological son, though. No. Yeah, which they don't, like, they tell that eventually, but you kind of get that impression immediately because Dalbert Oldhart is, like, a dog person, and his yeah. son is just a human that has, like, <laughs> kind of, like, some bones kind of taped around him and he, some fur, and it looks like he's trying to be a dog person. <laughs> it's, like, really bad oh, I never face, thought of honestly. that. He's looking up to his dad. It's you know? adorable. It um, is. Yeah. Uh, next, we have the Pyre Hearts. A triumvirate of worm knights who perceive the rights as great battles to be won. Led by the worm Sir Deluge, another great name. He is a petty worm knight of the Sea Dominion who somehow managed to survive countless battles. Dope song! <laughs> a dope song. Yeah. It's. Sir Deluge is a sweet. All these names are very good. Yeah, we shouldn't even really say it anymore. It's too we late now, though. <laughs> but I'm gonna keep saying it every time. But I, I like that. I loved the, like, honorable like knights who have this leader who's just a big fucking coward i love that so much yeah and you have to wonder like what's the relationship between all these races in the commonwealth you know what i mean like are these worms just like glad to fight or are they like encasted in these like you know sea domain that the like normal you know the the higher power controls like what's the relationship there it's, i don't it i don't know they make it seem like a great utopia where everybody gets along except for the harpies yeah pretty much <laughs> uh next we have the tempers a uh, mighty triumvirate that has been hell's closest rival to the night wings led by the demon uh, ignarius he is the notorious demon leader of one of the most feared triumvirates in the rites also good name great name dude ignarius he called he calls jodariel curly horns because he likes her <laughs> fuck him dude <laughs> i made sure oh, no i guess they actually i guess if you uh if you leave them together they uh they do they do end up together i believe it dude, i love ignarius because like at first he's whatever he's kind of standoffish but like then he seems a little more like beaten up like i can't believe i haven't won yet and then by the time you get to like the last time you face them 
at least when I did, the last time I faced them was when they knew there was only one right left and they like they had no chance. And the entire time he's like, give him hell, boys, blah, blah, blah. And then you like read his mind to get an inner monologue. And he's like, I'm all washed up. At least we'll give the boys one more good run. And then yeah. after that, we're going to drink our sorrows away. And like, yeah. I almost let him win because I felt so bad for him. You know, what, you know what he reminds him. me of? He reminds me of like a high school student. Really? There's something there's something about like a football like uh, there's something about him being like some kind of like football junk that it just it just makes me think that. Also his theme song has this kind of like trumpet like uh, loop that makes me th- think of like a fight song, you know what I mean? <laughs> Fair enough. You know, it's Fair like enough. you've heard it before. Anyways. I have. Maybe uh, I'm totally off on that one. But he's got that got that cool sweet curly hair. He kind of looks like Beast. A little bit actually. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, moving on, we have the last of the enemy triumvirates, the Withdrawn. They are a triumvirate of bog dwellers, compelled by sinister forces rather than by freedom. Led by the crone witch Udmilda. Udmilda? Mm, close enough. They never say her name, so I don't know. She's an ancient wit with an, witch with an unhealthy obsession for Yislak, the astral-born monstrosity. Um, Good. These guys fucking sucked. Like, they were cool, <laughs> but I hated them. Yeah. So much. This was like fighting them was the only time in the game where I restarted so I didn't lose. Yeah. I really loved um their uh their obsession with with Eastlack because it made a real threat that was external to the rights because there was some talk of like hey, hey they might reawaken this basically giant demon titan. And, yeah, uh, this world-ending demon titan. Yeah, and that's what they want. <laughs> so it, it felt like I shouldn't let them win because they definitely could do that. I want to note that ooh, if you keep Bertrude around and you're going to fight the Withdrawn for one of the last times, she tells you to awaken. There there are these stars that you can awaken that kind of um, go along with these uh, titans that we're talking about. And uh, one of them is Yislak. So if you awaken the Yislak star, she asks you to do that and then fight the Withdrawn and win against them they will be thoroughly convinced that their god is dead because they would never, <laughs> never let someone win that defies them and is under their star. Uh, so I did that, and um, the witch pretty much gets really upset about it, gets depressed, and in her after story, she like goes to live in Yislak's grave <laughs> and just stays there and dies probably. Oh, wow. was, oh no! There was like a giant fire. Or yeah, like there's like she a like huge burns explosion because she's yeah. doing something there. Uh, it's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. So there's like again, there's there's so much lore behind this game, which we'll talk a little bit about. Kind of the general, not the specific of the lore, um, mm-hmm. but there's a ton of it. Uh, just for for reference sake, if we refer to Titan stars or the Titans, there are I think nine or ten. Mm-hmm. Um, titan stars which were basically giant beasts in the land um that Let's... were killed by the eight scribes mm-hmm. that's uh, you know the eight scribes more they're like somebody from every race and they were heroes that almost descended to like godhood basically that started the rights you want to name um, your your top two favorite titan star names uh, the names are so good them. uh i biolanthius is definitely one of them I don't know which I like most. Dude, Shax Shax Six Shoulders is a fun one to say. Shax That's a good Six one. Shoulders. I love Eastlock Astroborn. I'm partial to Endriga the Widow and Archbeast Sungrees. I well. love Ar- I love Archbeast Sungrees. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's I liked great. Unfathomed Plurnus, but that's just because it feels stupid to say. <laughs> yeah, it just makes your mouth feel dumb. 
They're every name is so fucking good, you guys. So I can't good. get over it. Honestly, I love good names, and this game's got a thousand of them. Yeah, stealing for a okay. D campaign. All right, uh, shut go. up! Don't give away my secrets. <laughs> um, so let's we'll finally jump into Whew. the question section a little over an hour into the podcast, um, and then we will kind of go over some some questions, talk about a lot of this, try and keep in mind everything we said because it, some of it's going to be super context dependent. Um, and then, yeah, let's just roll from there. Right. Uh, so, Duncan, you want to take us from the top? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, it's a question on my mind and on the list. <laughs> look, we've got a list of questions. So, if ever you've been like, man, the questions they ask each other seem kind of structured. It's because we did write a list. Fucking deal with it. All right. Did Kimono find- 100% parted. <laughs> Kimono Did you find the game's main decisions, who to set free, to be more of a tactical decision, or did the game present them as one or the other? Yeah, to be moral versus tactical. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I based all of it on moral because I thought the game was actually pretty easy. So I didn't really have a hard time um, picking out the tactics. Well, uh, hold on, though. <laughs> you restarted fights to make sure you won. <laughs> Only the important ones. <laughs> yeah, that's what I fucking thought. <laughs> <laughs> Only the important ones, you know, and and the liberation rights because I couldn't see any of my babies <laughs> not go free. Now, <laughs> now. <laughs> so, I mean... With that said, I probably picked more moral because I was more connected with the story than the challenge of the gameplay. I thought the game play was fun and, you know, it was, but I didn't seek the kind of challenge out of it that I would out of other games. So with that being said, total moral, but I still loved it because I still had to play the game and Christ, Tizu, Tizo, Volfred, and Bertrand did not make a great team together. Like, it was just I not... I mean, that's not terrible. Like, Bertrand's fast as fuck. Bertrand's pretty great, uh, tactically. So, but anyways, yeah. it, it just... Some points of the game, I'm like, man, I wish I had Joe Doriel. Man, I wish I had, like, Hedwin. Like, just the <laughs> yeah. three staple characters that just had, like, really good, solid moves were the ones that I actually wanted to go free first. I think the game does kind of present it that way because I think Ruki was probably one of the best characters even though he dealt the last least damage to the pyre but he was so fast he was so fast so but he was also the first one that you wanted to let free so it's kind of you know yeah also they guilted me by telling me that joe dario's horns were getting longer and shit like that and like <laughs> that hurt her i'm like oh so yeah. yeah i i definitely i also i started off morally that's why i freed rookie and then afterwards i i got more selfish so i played more like it went from starting off completely morally to playing more tactically, like, hey, I need to make sure that I still have my group, so that's why I freed Shay second, um, and that's why I kept Jodario way too long, and every time I felt bad not picking her, because I was like, no, you just, you don't understand. I win 100% of the rights that you're a part of, because you're so good. Yeah. Um, and then, toward the end of the game, I stopped playing it tactically for like making sure i can win and started playing tactically for like who do i think will be most helpful for the plan to go up uh so then i started freeing people that i thought would maybe make the most impact and not impact me negatively (laughs) and then at the very end i obviously chose morally again because i was like "Ah, i think or like deserves it let's give it to him quick Uh, question um to interrupt you what did you once you saw the end reveal of the game did you think that it really mattered who you picked what do you mean the end reveal? So the 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 you know like 
the results of the plan and, you know, kind of gotcha. It seemed like it was going to succeed. Um, In my opinion, I don't think it really mattered who you picked. And I thought it was going to take it more into consideration as far as the Nightwings. I don't know because I want to look it up more, but like, you know, I never failed a liberation ride except for one that I restarted immediately. So I wonder if, like, if you did fail those and you were losing some of them and you were not winning all the time. Not like, losing. Like, if there is a threshold where it's like, hey, the plan has to be at X amount. Yeah. And I think, I mean, Wolfred explicitly says, I don't know if it's true or not, that, like, hey, I've calculated how much I think each of these people would, like, impact the plan. Though I could not find that number anywhere if no, you shared it. No, I don't, I don't know about that. Maybe you're right. So I, I do think who you freed maybe would have an impact on how high the percentage of planned success got. So I wonder if, like, if you were, you know, hey, there's two rights left and I've only freed two or three people. But I'm not talking about the amount of Nightwings. I'm talking about the order of Nightwings. So, like, do you think it matters, like, if I left if I left Tizo, Big Bertrude, and Volford behind, do you think it would matter if I left against, you know, uh, Rookie... Jodariel and Hedwin back. Do you think it matters who? I know the amount of Nightwings that you leave back matters, but who do you think it matters? I I don't think it... Like, I think no matter who you send up, they will benefit the plan. But again, I, I don't know if they all benefit its chance to succeed equally. It's interesting. I would like to I know, just, like, the real, like, inner workings behind that. Yeah, I want to look into it, but, you know, I didn't... Uh... <laughs> I, I think the game does a good job of presenting it morally to answer that part of the question, except for also Wolfred at one point speaking basically directly to the player and not the reader was like, also, you might want to consider the fact that we do have to keep winning these things. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, oh, shit. Okay. I don't feel so bad about maybe not sending everyone up at once or like everyone that I think deserves it right away. Yeah. Um, so there was a gray area that I played around in. I would be very curious to turn it to the higher difficulty and maybe turn on more Titan Stars, because I never had more than two on because I was afraid to lose because I didn't want to restart. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just, like, roll with it and see if I feel differently about it if I'm losing on occasion and not restarting. Mm-hmm. Moving on, uh, we did kind of touch on this one a little bit, so I don't think we'll have as much to say, but... You know, the story, it, it's inescapable that there are at least a few of your characters still stuck in the downside at the end of the story. Um, we talked about Wolfred specifically and if that makes his story tragic, but do you think it makes the story overall tragic? Um, I mean, and obviously, mm-hmm. you know, we already kind of talked about whether or not there were pairings of characters that made it a little more or less kind of depressing uh, or happy. Uh so kind of do you think it is a tragic story and then even more to that point after seeing the ending were you satisfied with the ending so uh that's a that's a multifaceted question there it's a deep question that's a fucking essay that's some sat bullshit you're (laughs) welcome i know how to write me some fucking (laughs) test questions so first off i i love the pairing of the characters i love thinking about who in the downside is going to a and you know not want to just kill themselves B, like who's going to be friends and like you know still stick around to make sure that things go right uh you know right in the downside because there are still more than them stuck there you know there's a lot of people not everyone is a um triumvirate you know some there are some people who probably aren't that i have falcon ron there's falcon ron (laughs) but anyway so like (laughs) it was definitely really interesting once the game posed to you that 
not everyone is going to escape. I definitely at that moment and throughout the rest of the game thought, who is going to, you know, who's going to stay? And um, it really was a choice that they let you dwell on, which I appreciate that. Um, instead of just zinging on you on in the last saying, we just got to keep doing these and we're all going to go free. And then yep. they're like, wait, no, this is the last one. No, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I, I'm glad they didn't do something like that. Um, yeah. So with that being said, uh, definitely makes it tragic. You know, I, I, I liked to I thought about for a while while I was at work, you know, just who, you know, I didn't get to read all the, um, cause some people I set free. So I didn't get to read the results of the people who, you know, what would have their life been if they stayed on the downside. And yeah. it's so much fun to think about that kind of stuff without knowing it. And, um, yeah, so it makes it, makes it pretty tragic. Uh, so it definitely felt tragic in the moment. It feels less so afterwards. Um, you know, going like full english lesson shit like it doesn't i don't think fit tragedy as like a story type yeah but it definitely is a an ending that like it just sucks man i wanted my happy ending like i'm glad i didn't get it because i think it's a better story this way yeah but i i definitely felt very I felt downtrodden that I wasn't able to succeed. I felt especially bad because I didn't free myself because I was like, or like deserves it. And then afterwards when I clicked on headwinds thing, he's like kind of bummed out about the fact that you never made it. And he feels yeah. shitty because he didn't keep his promise. Yeah. And I was like, Oh fuck man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't think about but that. See, Here's the great thing about this game is there's no way to satisfy everyone. Yep. And it's so true to life in that way, which is perfect. So uh, I do you know what happens if you do not free Orlick? No. He basically just throws himself out the mountainside. He just kills oh, himself. Oh god, no. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, oh no, well, I mean, maybe I should have picked him, but you know, I got to yeah, look out you, for number 1. <laughs> if you free him, he like goes up with everyone else who's starting the revolution and like walks up to him angrily and then like joins him and becomes yeah. like the big doctor of the entire new society and like saves a bunch of lives and shit. <laughs> so, you know, maybe better than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe a little bit like i mean headwind was a little bummed but he'll get over it <laughs> he'll get over it yeah he's got a short short human life he's got his girl he's got, yeah he's got like fucking he's got his girl he's got joe dariel and rookie to keep him company he's yeah. fine man he's fine he's fine um <laughs> did you did you uh at the end of it oh were yeah you satisfied were you satisfied with the ending i was and i wasn't i would have liked a small just a small twist you know what i mean something a little with a little bit more substance but at the same time i'm so happy they didn't go for any big things or the i feel like i had a pretty high percentage chance already but mm, i'm glad there wasn't like this this awkward kind of like your plan was great but it could have been better if you would have done more of this or more of that yeah you know i'm glad they stuck to probably a simple i'm guessing there's a lot of chance of success for this um but yeah. i don't really know anyways the plans ending i was kind of dissatisfied with but i loved the where are they now thing that was great yeah i loved reading all those seeing where everyone was and um oh that credit song got me right in the right in the feels <laughs> there so it's a really good credit song. so yeah. good i i i agree i do think i did find the actual like you said ending ending where they describe what happened in the plan kind of like lacking i don't know i guess i was just hoping for something maybe more stylized like it was a visual yeah. novel basically so like the fact that it's all text isn't a problem but just like the way it was conveyed kind of didn't leave me feeling totally satisfied but again i 
the where are they now section i really enjoyed i really enjoyed when going through that realizing how much my different choices actually did affect this section of the game mm-hmm. whereas unlike you know some other games unlike you know you're you're walking deads and your life is strangers where it's like yeah there's choices and they have effects but like also this is a massive game with like you know only so much of a budget and they have to come out on a time frame so like yeah. they can only have so many consequences this one it really felt like a spider web where everything i chose did affect something yeah um, and and, and, and really it makes that. the replay value so much stronger like oh, choice-based yeah. games i feel like so much of it you can just google and be like oh that's the other ending you know what i mean yeah. and this this i don't feel like i can really google like what happens if you let these three characters together but not these three you know what i mean it's this it's a huge spider web of results which yeah. is and fascinating knowing that there are that many different options makes the idea of replay more enticing because what normally happens with a choice-based game is if i go back to replay it all the shine just wears off and i realized i had no agency the whole time yeah um whereas something like this i know from the number of different possible consequences that i do have agency and it's not like you know make this yes or no choice it's like hey did you lose this one and then what like when did you free this person did you or did you not free this person and like those all they can happen anywhere. And how different would the game be if the character's spirits were so much lower if we just lost a fuck ton of them? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. If, what if you lost all the liberation rights? Like, what what would happen? Like, it's mm-hmm. it's fascinating. I didn't Google it because I didn't want to know. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, I want to do it I myself. Want, I want to replay it and find out. I do think there's almost certainly a scenario where the plan does not succeed. Has to be. <laughs> uh, and I'm sure there's also a scenario where the plan succeeds but doesn't happen like... I think for you and I, it both happened with like, hey, everybody basically joined arm in arm and like surrounded the Capitol yeah. building. And, and sung Kumbaya. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure there's one where it's like, hey, they tried that and it didn't work. So things got real violent. Dude, I bet uh, Sir Gilman fucking tears ass through people. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm sure he does. If he's anything like his ancestor and scribe wise. <laughs> yeah. his uh, You read this book and you get to like basically read the the tales and everything about the eight scribes and in uh, his ancestry section what is what it's the name of it the uh, uh the dirk something dirk anyways he basically he's yeah and dirk Norris, he's basically obsessed with killing and he he takes down so many titans it's great yeah the the way the tight okay we're gonna talk about the lore I'm like fucking two questions here so it'll be fine <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. so moving on um uh, let's no go no alex this is me <laughs> Okay, you fine. You do it, Jesus! I didn't realize we were doing fucking. <laughs> we're doing popcorn. Pass reading. the baton over here, man. <laughs> did you? So was the story um, compelling on its own merits, or did it basically just feel like a reason to continue on and engage with the characters in the world? Pretty much, like is 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 the story itself that you know that I would tell somebody uh, engaging, or the characters themselves? the yeah part so i I, we kind of touched on this i definitely think the story is significantly less engaging than the characters as even as a whole even as a whole i i still think the story is less engaging than the characters um i i didn't find myself caring quite as much um but i will say that i think the story provides incredible backdrop for caring about the characters and the way that you're your feelings about them change when you're suddenly forced to consider who's leaving and who's staying. And when you're forced to consider like what they would and wouldn't like these characters are great, but without the story framed the way it is, these characters would feel significantly less um, real. I would feel less of an attachment to them. I would feel less 
responsibility over them, Question, which I though. think was something that was really powerful. Do you think the improvement of the story would take away from that? So, not necessarily. I don't, it, it's hard to say, right? Because the story's not bad because it's a bad story or because it's told poorly. It's just less compelling than the characters because it it's just like, hey, we're... I mean, the story boils down to, hey, we're trying to start a revolution, right? Like, it yeah. happens in an interesting place. It happens in an interesting way, but... The actual story is, hey, we're trying to start a revolution. Yeah, uh, that's fair. And that's a, like I said, I think that's a phenomenal backdrop. I think they do interesting things with the way the story is told, but I don't particularly find it more engaging than any of the characters. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know if, if you feel the no, same. No, that's, about that's, that, uh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Let me just sit here and sip <laughs> my coffee and think about that. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I didn't think about it that way. But now that you say it, I, I kind of agree with you. But I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Yeah, it's not like I'm not going to fucking run out and be like, the story sucked, but it was like the story was good. The story was yeah, fine. Because the story, the is story served its yeah. purpose, right? Yeah. Um, so. Mm-hmm. so just more of a straightforward question, which I thought was kind of interesting because I was tossing yeah. this around the entire time. So did you understand and did you support Wolfred's plan understand? going forward? Understand like not at the end. Understand? No, definitely not. I I didn't get <laughs> okay. it. I I I knew what he wanted. Like I knew that he he wanted freedom for for everyone in the Commonwealth and to like mm. cut the bullshit. But I didn't like understand how he was going to do it. He's just like, this is my plan, dear girl, like, or boy. You don't you don't know about it. And you know he kind of starts off. You know again like stepping on your toes kind of thing like this is my thing now like don't worry about it so i felt like it was never really explained to me but i'm okay with that i don't think i would really want to know his like we're going to charge the front gates first and make sure that you know (laughs) this person is you know influenced by them so it's just kind of like he had people on the other side we freed people so that they could help them yeah and um my thing about it though is why are these characters that important to the um to the plan if all they do is go and run to the people that are his supporters mm-hmm. i feel like a better plan would have been for them to accept those fa- you know those positions cuz for some clarification once you're uh enlightened and off out of exile you're like anointed like people are like whoa like you're the greatest person here's everything you ever could ever want and they all Basically. decline it and go straight towards Wolfred's plan so i would have thought the better idea would be take that stuff that be in those positions of possible power and then turn on them you know what i mean mm. so i, I don't wonder really understand if- why I, I wonder if important. the idea is like the fact that these people have banded together and shunned the society and then led a march like more or less. I wonder if it's just like, oh, shit, this will frighten the people in power. Yeah. Um, and just like intimidate them like, oh, these motherfuckers were exiled and crawled their way back and then gave us like flipped us double birds, walked away and now they're like tearing us down. Um or I wonder if maybe they just did it because it's kind of fucking a dope redemption story. Yeah, it's I don't possible. Know. Yeah, they 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 really just don't explain the intricacies of the plan. I think well enough. I mean, you know, they say that you're gonna breed discontent and shit like that, and they kind of tell you what some of the people's roles were in the like where are they now section at the end. Mm-hmm. 
but they definitely don't give you enough so that you understand what the actual plan will be. Yeah. And I, I think you're right. I don't think it needs that. I think it, you could potentially bog the game down with too many details if you did that. <laughs> but it definitely did make me a little hesitant to support his plan early on before I really trusted Wolfred. That's fair. This whole game is is through a visual novel storytelling, as we have said before. Um, did that impact or enhance your enjoyment of the game? Because my history with visual novels is pretty poor and like i've not really i've never enjoyed a visual novel i don't think like i i've thought that the stories that they tell are good but i would just rather read a book i don't need to click every time i want to like i don't know it just it seemed that the cardboard cutouts of the people then they just talked and there was no interaction it just it didn't it never sat well with me so how did it did it impact you or enhance the game at all or you know what do you think i so I definitely I was coming from roughly the same place you are. I didn't like I had nothing against visual novels, but I just hadn't played any. Right. I just didn't really know about you know, visual novel tropes. I didn't know like how the story is usually told through visual novels. I didn't know anything about it. So coming into it, I was very hesitant. Yeah, um, it, it definitely, you know. When I saw previews for Bastion and when I saw previews for Transistor, I was like, fuck yeah, I can get into that. And then yeah. I saw previews for this, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I want to play it because it's super giant and they've earned that much, but I don't know. Um, and that definitely, I follow, you know, I, I, I think it worked extraordinarily well for them, mm-hmm. but it definitely put me off a little bit initially. And I think uh, I wanted to talk about how I think this is a huge risk factor. Because they have a good, I really like the actual gameplay, even though it's, you know, it didn't mean as much to me. I still loved it a lot, and I needed that. I needed that break to, you know, turn on a couple more Titan Stars and feel a little bit of a challenge in between all the talking. And I think it gave me more, not only space, but meaning to what they were saying. Also, the po- you know, the to keep you interacting and not to just keep you having to click and click and click by, you know, mousing over the the text and stuff like that to read more about this or with that. It was it was enough to keep me engaged physically by moving the mouse <laughs> <laughs> that, that I, I wanted to keep reading. And also just the characters are so fantastic. And they're to be honest, there aren't any like a lot of big choices in this. It's, you know, mainly just you know listening um but yeah i think doing everything on the cart when it becomes more of an open world game choosing your paths um you know the more rpg elements of this game are kind of weak but it, they're there so there's something to do you know and yeah um, i i enjoyed that a little bit um so i think the visual novel style didn't make me feel the way you did where i was still excited for it no matter what because I liked the game play. It looked the gameplay looked fun enough where I wanted to play it anyways, and the characters looked awesome enough. And uh, so I don't know. <laughs> there, yeah. I do have a problem. Some parts of me were kind of hoping for a couple more different pictures of the characters. I feel like we only got like one or two, and I would yeah, have yeah, liked yeah, to yeah, see like two or three emotions. Is that uh, it? Yeah, emotions two or three, but positions only like two. Um, yeah, and they were mainly the same. I would have liked to seen a couple more perspectives of the characters so I could get a greater understanding for them. But I do think it would look a little awkward sometimes. But um, I do think I think you get kind of a good perspective of them when you see them in the rights, though, because you get to see like their body shape. and everything. You get to and see their body shape. It gave me like shape. a 3D image. Yeah, it's 
I don't know. I would have just liked to see have seen a little bit more just to kind of I don't know. I understand why, but I wanted it. <laughs> so too yeah, bad, so sad. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I I definitely agree with you that I think the uh, actual like right the actual gameplay portion of it i think was actually very important for a number of reasons but i think maybe one of the primary reasons was like it it got me invested in that right like Mm -hmm. if i had you know clicked two or three buttons and it gave me a short description of what happened and then at the end said and then the night wings lose i'd be like oh that that sucks yeah but like being there and being like all right my pyre's at 15 there's at like 25 i gotta do this maybe maybe i like if i can find a way to finagle this and so like mm-hmm. it got you really drew you in and also felt super good to just fucking crush nerds when you hated their triumvirate and <laughs> like you got fucking dunked on you didn't touch my shit go fuck yourself yeah really good <laughs> and and knowing those you know those characters and um you know getting to use them in those positive ways made you like feel more connected to them in the sense that you liked them more because if you like them in the game and you're like oh my god like headwind does the dopest like (laughs) jump flip and you know he threw the the um the ball into the pyre and he did a great job like i don't know it makes (laughs) me like him more i just called it a ball it's an orb or whatever it's yeah it's whatever it's fucking it's basketball (laughs) it's basketball basically three on three only one person can move at a time though i would love basketball rules I would love to see a picture of all the like the three original Nightwings in like basketball clothes instead. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say I would love to play a game of three on three basketball where only one person's allowed to move at a time. <laughs> that would be also pretty. Which great. would also be real good. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! Uh, moving on. Uh, so, so Pyre was a game that was, I think, kind of unique in the lore that it created and how deep it was and how woven into the characters and the world and the locations you went to. Um, it, it was pervasive throughout the whole game. When you played through it, were you like cognizant of most of it when you were going through the game? Uh, and did you find that it made you like have a stronger sense of enjoyment or wonder or anything at, at the world you were in and the locations you were and the teams you were playing and everything like that? Yeah. Um, so there's a couple pieces of lore that I want to tackle separately. First off, the world. Um, the world looked really great. And as I was going through, just to inform you guys, there's pretty much two sections of the game. First section is a linear path where you just choose this path or this path. And then you're always going forward. You're always moving towards the mountain to perform the first liberation, right? That's a big half of the game, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you transition into just kind of flying around wherever the stars lead you. So the world in the first half of the game, I was so engaged in and I was into in the lore behind it. You know, it was very interesting to me and I was able to hear some of the um, other Nightwing's comments on it. And I loved it. It was it was great. And I did. I was aware. I was pretty cognizant of what was going on with the with the world. But there were still a lot of mysteries that I liked to come back to. In the second half, I didn't. It it wasn't as big of a deal. It it didn't. I didn't really care as much. Um, the other part of it I wanted to tackle was the um, the triumvirates themselves. Super invested all the way. I I had a hard time picking which star to go to when the game opened up. That I didn't know which ones I wanted to talk to and get the next little bit of lore out of them from. Gotcha. Uh, the last part is the book, um, which 
explains the past. Um, I think that took me a little bit. I read a couple pages in the beginning, and I'm like, yeah, I'll read that later. And then <laughs> I pretty much waited till the very last level to read almost everything. I oh, read yeah. it in little chunks, but I didn't really consume it. Um, there was the just... book is what informs so much about the world and the location of the Triumvirate. The book is what explains, like, hey, this place that you're going to, this was where... Like, this thing you see in the background is the body of this titan that died this way because of the, like, the way the scribes fought it. Yeah. And, I like, don't know. It just... It was so cool! It was it was great, and it was really cool, but there was something about the way the book was presented, or maybe it was just the fucking silence in the background as I read. Yeah. I don't know. There's something I mean, about it I didn't really like. I can't I, describe it. I think it. It, is, it is fair to complain about that because i definitely there were definitely points where i was like okay this is a lot of read like i'm already playing a visual novel and now i'm just reading extra yeah um, the the pages in the book that describe things were very short so yeah. it was, i mean it was like two paragraphs a page basically um the book is super cool looking and stylized but then i also always ended up hitting a button that said hey display this in plain text so i can read it easily right um, <laughs> yeah because it, it was just difficult know. I, um, I almost would have uh, rather them just given me something to flip through, like press T and then just see a thing you can scroll through because mm-hmm. I got sick of flipping the pages and like, I don't know. There was something something about it that didn't set right with me that I didn't really care about it all that much. Gotcha. So. I, I don't know. I, I enjoyed the book. I read everything as it came to me. The only thing I didn't burn through uh, immediately was the index when at one point they're just like hey here's like 25 pages to read about and it explains every single scribe and every single I triumvirate <laughs> and every single like titan and i was like okay this is too much at once but like it was really cool like one of the areas is just like in the background you just see like hands gripping at the bow of a ship because that's like that was a titan that they killed by basically like ramming it i think the titan broke the ship and the ship like splintered through the titan and is sticking out and killed it and it's still there and that's just one of the place where they hold the rights yeah and like it's all super fucking cool that's the section Um, that i did read through that i did read that chapter as it came to me because that one i found interesting but the other ones were like eh. like especially the um the tree folks the saps uh Mm. book was was pretty it's pretty boring but anyways there was a lot a lot going on for for i think this type of game Mm -hmm. there was so much like i would have expected that from like a skyrim type game where you can just pick (laughs) up a bunch of books or like you know a neverwinter nights type game where there's just so much going on that you know it's a 50 hour game and you're expected to read a bunch of shit but like they wove so much of it so easily into the world like the Mm -hmm. triumvirates it was interesting to see what the idea for the initial scribe when they created the triumvirates versus what it is now. Oh yeah. Um, and like that contrast and like it, it was very, very cool. Uh, just to simplify it down to that. Yeah. I mean, they did a, a phenomenal job of making it feel like such a lived in world. Yeah. The, the loyalty of, um, uh, uh, fuck <laughs> the, loyal- <laughs> the loyalty of some of the uh the triumvirates to the actual like you know meaning was some of the most like the interesting like ways to look at things like you said super My fucking boy delbert old heart keeping it real in this bitch <laughs> you don't fuck with any of that shit yeah the world the world itself is gigantic but also so small and it's it's really cool 
So yeah. I, yeah. I I think this game has amongst like the top five world building of any video game I've ever played. Oh yeah, it's great. All right, um, sh- shit, it's a long episode. We got a few <laughs> more questions. We got like one to two more Stick questions. So I can you want to you want to rock this next question? Whew. I don't actually Whew. have a ton to say about this, so you know you can. <laughs> <laughs> you know, cut back sections of it you don't think are helpful. Guys, It's we've yeah. recorded for longer than I expected this episode already, <laughs> and we haven't talked about the music or the art yet. All right. <laughs> Do you think the game would have benefited at all if it didn't let you replay the rights after? Because, like, you can lose them and the story continues on. So do you think, like... If the game didn't give you the option to just quit and restart that one to make sure you won, do you think that would have... Do you think you would have enjoyed that? Do you think it would have enhanced the story, or do you think it would have like pissed you off? Uh, no, it probably would have way enhanced the story, and it would have made me feel <laughs> a lot more uh, <laughs> engaged in the rights. But I just couldn't. I just I love these characters too much, and I couldn't. I couldn't see him go. I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't. I, I I I couldn't see him stay there. I I had problems with it. I I would I would lose everything uh, about the liberation rights. The other ones I would let them lose. Yeah, that's but fair. The liberations, I couldn't. I couldn't. It's just couldn't not see in any me. of your the, the second babies. The second playthrough, I definitely will. Oh, yeah. I think that's it's what you got to do. I think mm-hmm. that's, you know, two playthroughs is mandatory for this game, obviously. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> so, like, uh, I want to ask you something about okay. this. Right? Okay. okay. Right? You don't have to preface it like it's fucking out of the blue. <laughs> We're asking questions to each other. <laughs> I'm off. I'm off today, I guess. Anyways, um, <laughs> did, have you played you played Transistor or Bastion, right? I pl- I played and beat Bastion, Supergiant's first game, and mm-hmm. I played maybe two to three hours of a Transistor, their second game. Okay. Do you do you feel like this is somehow d- completely different, but the same in a couple ways? You know what I mean? Like they have this they have this wonderful almost like a formula for making these kind of games i feel like i'm not saying it's bad but they they have this hand-painted style on everything mm. uh, added on bastion they had it on transistor they had it on this game they have even like little things like they always have trials they always have trials they always have these great soundtracks they always have lyrical tracks um they always have pretty great characters it almost seems like they're making the same game but very different and they're all these like kind of like spiritual successors in different ways. And I feel like Pyre is definitely the outlier of that. But it's still interesting to me to see them do that. Because I feel like when other game companies make these kind of games that, I mean, there's obviously their series. So it's like, you know, like the Call of Duty series or, you know, like Skyrim to um, Skyrim to Oblivion or Fallout. Those are all kind of the same game. But like, you know what I mean? There's... Yeah there's uh, most game companies work on a bunch of different kinds of projects you know what i mean and i think it's interesting to see an indie studio that works towards the same things i don't know if you feel like that at all or like you know i I definitely so i didn't feel like that going through the game i'll say that it it felt drastically different than either transistor or bastion when i was going through the game which i mean obviously it's a fucking visual novel compared to like what was essentially a top-down shooter compared to what was a tactics game. Like, they they were very different games. Yes. Um, but I do definitely see what you're saying that, like, I mean, they have a distinctive art and music. Like, I think the same people have done the art for every game, and uh, Darren Korb has done the music with 
the who is the person who sings with him and Ashley, Ashley Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> Ashley so Bar- Barrett. 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 Yes, Ashley Barrett. Darren Corbin, Ashley Barrett, which is awesome because it kind of gives us like thematic consistency to just still always do a few vocal tracks and it fits so well. Yeah. Um, so obviously those are the same, like, but that that's whatever. That's a studio thing. But like the idea of these, like, there's always a, like you'd mentioned, there's always a trial. There's always like a home base type place. There's always mm-hmm. like, it's always a you know, long quest like journey. Usually the kind of, I, I didn't play transistor, but usually that loops back on itself in some sort of an interesting way. Yeah. Um, there's definitely, I not a formula, so to say, but I, it feels like there are tent poles that, that they, they work with. Yeah. Um, and I they must think have some kind of like mission value, you know what I mean? Where it's like, we want to make games that are like this, you know? Yeah. And they do. I read it on their website, but it wasn't like, we want to make games that always have this and this and <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, like, <laughs> We want to make games that like recall, like we want to make games that recall the sort of intense and like far reaching worlds that you remember when from when you played games when you were a child or something yeah. like that and like I think they nailed that but uh, they're definitely I think it's probably just symptomatic of the fact that since they're a small team it's probably a lot of the same people that have been working on them as yeah. opposed to at a larger studio where you'll get like maybe the same lead but the team does change because it's a large studio and that's right. what happens um but yeah I I definitely I feel you there that's that's mm-hmm. right I would say that okay cool okay do you want to talk about the art and the music a little bit just to yeah. cap it all yeah, off here let's, because let's, let's, i think uh, it doesn't make sense to talk about it at the end but also i think they were two of the best parts about the game so yeah let's let's sense. talk about the two best parts at the very last <laughs> well i mean we talked about the characters and yeah that's people true. at this point i don't know how much we have to say about the music because if our editing is even halfway decent people have heard a lot of the good songs yeah well, uh, so, I mean, I don't think we'll have many of the lyrical ones. So, anyways, uh, d- we're parting the kimono too much. They, we're, they're seeing too much. <laughs> they don't no. want to see this much of the kimono part. <laughs> That's fair. That's anyways, fair. so the music is just great. I fucking love it. I've loved all of Darren Corb's albums. I love the Bastion soundtrack. I love the Transistor. I have them all, like, playlisted. I mean, I'm your biggest fan. <laughs> so <laughs> I like them. I love them all. I've, um, but this one is definitely my favorite out of all of them. It might be one of my favorite video game soundtracks in general. Um, the theming on these songs with the characters, like I instantly think of each of these characters when I hear the songs and I just know, you know, it, it gets me in that mood again. And yeah. um speaking that's only speaking to the instrumental ones to the lyrical ones they're very well sung ashley does a tremendous job of you know singing in general and theming <laughs> these things like i definitely got the more like uh f- from transistor the main character is a singer who lost her voice and like there's she is a very like kind of show i don't want to say just i don't know they, they I'm, I'm gonna end up saying the wrong word saying showgirl but you know what i mean like what's the what's the other like uh like a famous lady singer i can't think <laughs> i'm I embarrassing don't. myself it's just a singer duncan <laughs> all right singer, all right all right i'm i'm, I'm fucking <laughs> anyways i love it i i can't really say much more about it but i really like some of the um the lyrical songs that are like what's his name um Tarek or right Tariq Tariq just 
says like hey uh you know while we're while we're flying here let me uh let me play you a, a real good song and it's just a heartbreaker so man i oh i love that they just at some point they were like hey we've got these dope songs let's just drop all pretense and like one of the characters that like the first time you get a lyrical song is just like hey you got that uh that like mandolin thing there right you know how to play it <laughs> Play it for us. <laughs> and then you just get like a really good song that like tells the tale of like an old story. The songs are, I think, my favorite part about the game. The lyrical songs in particular. Yes. I, that, Like you said, the theming on the non-lyrical songs is amazing and incredibly vastly varied, um, which is impressive for a video game soundtrack. I feel like oftentimes there's a through line that like, oh, this is all kind of similar um, and these are just completely different. Yeah, but the the actual lyrical. I mean, I have most of them saved to my just overall Spotify playlist of yeah. every song I like because they're just so good and so evocative of certain types of emotions. Um, and I really, really like the fucking last song, if only because it's it's a modular song. Like, yeah, it changes based on what happened in the game, so they have to have recorded so many different pieces of that and then fit them together. And that that's really, really, really cool. Yeah, I lost my cool. I definitely should have talked about that. <laughs> you so, lost your cool. I lost my cool, man. Well, I like something too much. I don't know how to explain it. So, <laughs> oh no, here comes the art then. <laughs> um, no, I love Bound Together, man. That was the cool one of the coolest songs. If you guys don't want to be spoiled, what you already have, listen, listen to Bound Together. It's fantastic. Also, it's Bound in the Together is also not a spoiler because it's a spoiler for not your game that's true that's true good couple good. songs so yeah you know if you get a chance uh do you want to you want to name drop a couple songs that you really liked or do you not uh, have that vagrant song is my favorite that's the first one you hear from Tariq. um yeah uh what are the other there's i find okay. it really hard to remember the names of them because i don't have the album pulled in the, up right in front of me in the flame is my favorite lyrical one that's the trailer one i think um, uh that sounds right yeah, and I also love uh, Never to Return, which is the one that they play. I, I pretty much like all of them, but that and the Flame is definitely my favorite one. Then mm. um, out of the non-lyrical ones, I definitely have to say that um, Snake Soul is my favorite. That's Bertrude's theme song. Um, Knights of the Sea is fantastic. Knights of the Sea, is real really good. Cool. It sounds like a Lindsay Sterling the, song. I mentioned that's that the earlier. the Pyre Hearts one. Yes, that is definitely the Pyre Hearts one. Yeah, um, Grand Ceremony is the one you mentioned. That's um, the uh, the the tributes or whoever the uh, the other the enemy chastity. saps the chastity. chastity. Um, yeah. It's got a very like um, ballroom dance, but like kind of remixed to it. It's it's pretty got great. no, it's it's super. It's evocative of like that super high class posh like almost yeah. like victorian era mm-hmm. um and it, they yeah you've heard, again hopefully you've heard it it's super good yeah it's super good um there's the, one the, the, the old which is we're just reading names at this point i know the we old ways is great the old ways but people can listen to these <laughs> all right you won't listen to them it's all right uh, the old ways uh, is great though that's it I'm done. So let's let's cap with talking about the art briefly. This is typically your area, um, because I'm not an artist. Uh, but shit, man, don't don't. don't well, I'm not I'm not me. pushing all on you. I'm not pushing all on you. I will say I have played. I played all of Bastion. I played a decent amount of Transistor. Yeah, I played a little bit, and I've played all of this, obviously. And I do think this has my favorite art style out of the three of them. And I think it is one of my. Um, 
I think artistically it is one of my favorite games ever. Well, see, you had mentioned you're like, I don't know why. And I wanted to kind of I, deep dive I, into that rather than just give a general overview. Because you can look up pictures. You can see what you like. But I kind of want to, like, ask you questions to figure. Is it, like, is it just, it's obviously the hand-painted style definitely has something to do with it, right? A hundred percent, yeah. Yeah, so. It, so here's mm-hmm. maybe part of what it is, is the contrast between the actual world that you're traveling in in the wagon when you're in the, the world map, I think is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And it's not that they're like different art styles necessarily, but the wagon itself is such a it, the object is so alive in the way that it moves that mm-hmm. it feels like you're literally driving a wagon across storybook pages come to life. Yeah, because it directly transitions in between those by just like going upwards, and you're in this completely yeah. different setting and area. And when you get mm-hmm. to fly around them, it just feels so. Yeah, yeah, like you can go back and look around at the all these, you know, uh, also these different I, storybooks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I really like how the wagon is just kind of like it jumps and it just gets like stupid tall for a second. Oh like, yeah, it's got the it craziest wash and stretch. Like it's yeah. it's wacky. I love it's, that it's wacky. Mm-hmm. It's super do you good. like the I, do you like the three D models of the characters? Uh, y- yes, I love how the their three D models have a lot of the same. Thing about that that i like i love how um like when the curs will plunge into the flame they get kind of like like shaped in different like squares and stuff like that and they do these <laughs> weird uh they just have a lot of interesting movements and like a lot of the demons have these really powerful like slam the orb into the pyre and like yep. do a you know like a flexing pose and it, it's it's crazy the diversity of um of animations they have between like these realistic strong like to wacky like worm squiggles you know what i mean it's it's yeah weird um and just shapes they're just they're good at at, um i'm trying to think of what that's called of just like the like silhouettes like if i silhouetted any of these characters they just all have interesting ways that they form and stuff Mm -hmm. and you know things like that and also, just the titans in general that are on the map all look so cool. The first the one titans that titans are so good, man. They add such a sense of scale to mm-hmm. the world. Because my favorite one is the as the uh, scorpion with the giant uh, the giant ball crushed onto it. The boulder, I should say. <laughs> that boulder. Also, I don't know if you read that part in the thing. That boulder yeah. is like tons and tons of like dung basically yep (laughs) and i loved it because they were like yeah the other scribes asked him how he was able to get all that and he just wouldn't tell him (laughs) right all right (laughs) yeah the the scorpion was cool i also liked the giant skeleton that had like some floating pieces of skeleton and had that like sick crazy hair yeah Um, yeah yeah he had like pirate hair yeah the the destroyed titans made the world feel like there was such a coherence between the art of what was happening in the world and the lore that explained what happened in the world yeah. um, that I think they just meshed together so incredibly well that I enjoyed it that much more. Also, you can look at any screenshot at any point in the game and their color palette is on point. Like It's yeah, always it's- interesting to look at. There's always something, some kind of contrast or um, or just colors that work well together. So. Yeah. Also, the fact that the rights are, like, sometimes performed in a book while you're holding books, and, like, there's just these (laughs) perfect themings that are are great. Yeah. I can't... You should just go 
Oh, you should fucking go play the game because you it's should. I don't care if you listen to this game. whole thing. You should still. Even if it. you listen to the whole thing, we only know like a third of the possible connections that could happen. There's yeah. so much more to get out of it, and you should definitely go check it out. And we only talked about what like a, a handful of character interactions. Like there's we so much more. So much, not as much as I want to talk about. But there's, you know, <laughs> I don't want to do a fucking six hour episode. So yeah, we're gonna have to close it out. But just trust us when we say that. Like yeah. There's a lot still going on. Like, I want to replay this game. Duncan is, I think, already started yeah. a replay of this game. Mm-hmm. Like, it's there's a lot happening, and it's all very, very good. Yeah. Um. So I that think said, that's gonna close it. I this think makes that me is so sad, Alex. I don't want to stop talking about this game. <laughs> I know, Duncan. I know. Me neither. But I'm looking right. at the little like timer that's yeah. counting up, and I'm like, no, this is already no, too no, long. No. <laughs> yeah. I knew uh, this was going to be a longer one, though. We didn't yeah, even I mean, say this was going to be a short one. Oh, that's the problem. <laughs> oh, every time I say that, I'm just keeping it in check. I didn't yeah. realize until now. <laughs> you thought uh, it was jinxing us, but in reality. No. So, yeah, that that's going to do it this week. Um, Guess once what? Again, we Guess played coming Pyre. Well, hold on. Hold on, Duncan. Let's what? get through the recap. We played Pyre. It's by Supergiant Games. about $20, and it's on PC and PS4 and maybe a few other things that we didn't look up. There we go. <laughs> think it's on the Duncan, switch i doubt it wish you want to tell the fine people what we're playing next we're gonna be playing life is strange <laughs> again no are you we're ready for play... more life is strange content <laughs> are you ready because we're ready apparently before the storm we're gonna have a try and we're gonna have to try it re- <laughs> Duncan, try and have it ready a couple days after it's released we're gonna try and just play through it uh, the first episode and uh, get it to you guys so hopefully you can follow along with us or you know just hear us talk yeah. about it if you don't want to purchase it yet you know you want to hear sure. what we think about it um if for those of you who don't know there's a prequel to life is strange it's called before the storm if you want to catch up which i doubt you do on life is strange listen to all five of our episodes and uh <laughs> then listen to this <laughs> whoever yeah, so... crazy person you are apologize in advance for the saturation of life is strange based content but we'll be doing those episodes every time they come out look for unusual release days probably not on thursdays because like we said we're going to you know buy it the day it launches and try and have it done and recorded Mm -hmm. within a few days so that we can stay on top and you know stay relevant with the kids yeah so you got you play as chloe price this time around it's gonna be exciting I'm, i'm excited to see what they do though i think fairly hesitant um but yeah, uh, check us out. Follow us on all the social medias. The Twitter is, you know, at thoughtsfromp1. You can email us at thoughtsfromplayer1 at gmail.com. The Facebook is mostly done. Uh, guys, <laughs> I'm waiting for Duncan on this one. What? This Duncan. <laughs> oh, I told right. you I needed oh, art right. assets for our that's cover right. picture, and Oops. you were like, mm, I forgot. Oops. Uh, <laughs> so Sounds don't like even me. fucking with this shit. I'm, I did my part. So soon you'll be able to follow us by Googling thoughts from player one because or Facebooking thoughts from player one. That was still open. We're good. Turns out it doesn't work at like Facebook.com slash. That's not how those work. So don't don't try that. Um, but yeah, that I think that's all our, our social media presence. That's yep. all our branding. Hell so yeah. to cap off this extra long return episode, return to the norm. Uh, Duncan, do you want to hit us with that closer? <clears throat> That's all the beans in the underside. 
<laughs> all right. We'll they just they cast time. all the beans to the underside. They're exiled, man. The exiled. Downside. Downside, though. Downside. What did I say? Underside? You said underside, like the Oops. bottom of the beans. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, you guys get it. You get the yeah. point. It's fine. We'll see you next time. All right. Bye.